Well, happy Aloha Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in. It is Friday, April 23rd. I'm Ryan Kalei-Suji, joined by Yanji Denise, and this is Spotlight Hawaii. Of course, what we do on this cover, uh, on this through this program and platform is highlight and spotlight some of the issues and things that are making headlines in our community. And one thing that continues to uh, cause a lot of discussion and is top of mind for many people is the vac uh, vaccine and the vaccination process, Yanji. That's right. On April 19th, across the country, the vaccine became available to anyone over the age of 16. So how is the rollout going here in Hawaii? We've so focused so much on our kupuna in the early days. What is the access like for them? And then on a broader basis, we just want to get into all of the vaccine uh, you know, access issues and talk about vaccine hesitancy. And to join us for all of this, uh, this morning is Hilton Rathel of the Healthcare Association of Hawaii, along with AARP's Kaylee Lopez. We appreciate both of you for being here this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, Hilton, I want to start with you. From your view, how is the rollout going? The rollout is going very, very well. Right now, we have over 1.1 million doses that have been administered across the state of Hawaii, which is very, very good. But we still have a long way to go. We need to get up to about 1.6 or 1.7 million doses before we get to that all-important herd immunity. So we've done well, but we need to continue going. Uh, and Kelly, for you focusing on our uh, Kupuda, what is, where are we at right now? We know that they were, of course, included in that first round of people that were able to get the vaccine. Uh, but what is the focus now of the ARP in providing vaccines and helping to deliver that to our, our elderly in our community? Sure, I think for ARP and, and the state and many of our aging partners, the issue really is around those hard to reach kupuna, uh, many of those uh, kupuna who have wanted to be vaccinated have. And so now it's reaching out to those who I kind of call it vaccine apathy, meaning they're interested in being vaccinated, but they're not uh, uh, into maybe making extra or taking extra steps to make that happen. So reaching out to those folks and urging them to get vaccinated uh, as quickly as possible, I think is really the next phase. Yeah, and to follow up on that, Kaylee, how do we incentivize people to get vaccine? I know there's there's sort of two tracks here, right? There's vaccine apathy and then there's vaccine hesitancy. But let's talk about that first group, the, the vaccine ap uh, apathy. How do we target those folks first? I think we have to do a better job at having people understand the importance of uh, being vaccinated, not just for themselves. So a lot of folks might say, gosh, if it's just for me, it's not that important. But I think for Kupuna and everyone else out there is to recognize that being vaccinated isn't just around protecting yourself. It's protecting those around you as well. And with the different variants that have been coming out, let's hope there aren't any more, it's, it's even more important for people to get vaccinated as soon as possible. I think if folks think, well, there's a lot of vaccines available, it's available in all these outlets, you know, I'll get around to it. We have to figure out a way to change that, that thinking and get people to uh, get vaccinated. How we're going to do that, I don't know, but shows like this and your folks reporting is going to be key to a big part of that. And Hilton, to follow up, you know, this week launched and, and began that for the first time where those who are 16 and older can get the vaccine. What have we seen in this past week in terms of uh, just people coming out. Uh, is there still a, a lot of energy around that? Are, are people signing up? Uh, what have what has this past week looked like uh, from what you're seeing? We're seeing very, very strong demand across the state of Hawaii, which is very, very good. We are seeing a lot of young people showing up. We are seeing 
uh, kids who are 16 and 17 year old or young people who are 16 and 17 year old sharp with their parents, which is really good. We're working with a number of the schools. We're working with a number of organizations to get the message out there. One of the concerns we have is that for people who don't have English as their primary language or not particularly fluent in English, they just may not have enough information. So one of the things we're doing, working with Department of Health, ARP, a lot of other organizations, to get as much information as possible into different languages that makes people who are not native speaking, not English, don't have uh, English as their native language, get them more comfortable with the information, make sure they understand it. So it's part of it is just an education issue as well. And so there are a number of initiatives across the state to get into a number of different communities and also to have translators at sites where there are vaccinations. So there's a lot of different things that we can do and we should do and we will do to continue to the, the excellent progress that we have made here in the state of Hawaii. Kaylee, following up on that, what kind of a difference do you think that could make, uh, for especially for our, for our elderly kupuna who may not speak English? And and I also wanted to ask you, do we know how many people in that sort of sixty five plus? I know you, I know your organization represents people who are fifty and above, but do we know, you know, in in what's considered uh, senior, if you will, uh, how many people have not been vaccinated? Well, at this, you know. Hilton's correct. Uh, uh, language, English language proficiency we're seeing is a big issue uh, across the board on getting people vaccinated who uh, don't have uh, uh, English as their first language. And for Kupuna, uh, we're, we're probably, I, you know, Hilton might know this a little bit better, but we're probably at around 60, 60% maybe. But again, those I think are still probably those who uh, where English language isn't as an issue. Um, I would encourage folks to call 211 here on Oahu in particular. Uh, AUW 211, they have language, in-language translation available, or I'm sorry, interpreters available and can help. Uh, we definitely found, as Hilton knows, when we've gone to some of the senior housing uh, facilities with uh, the Hawaii Public Housing Authority, language interpreters were key because even though people were there to get vaccinated they still had so many questions and didn't understand what was going on being able to have someone speak their language was critical to getting them to move towards actually getting uh, vaccinated uh, you know hilton a few weeks ago we spoke to senator brian shots and, and his concern was that there uh, the, the people that initially wanted those in our community that wanted the vaccine a lot of them were included in that first few phases and and his biggest fear was that once we get now to the larger groups there may be those who think uh, i'm not going to get it or i don't need it and we're going to have all these vaccines but not enough people to supply it put little shots in the arms is, is that something that you uh, are, are concerned about or are seeing happening already we are absolutely concerned about that the first 1.1 million doses that have been given out have been to people who are early adopters, people who are anxious to get it, we're very, very concerned about how do we get to the next four, five, six hundred thousand, how do we get those next half a million doses out there? So there are a number of different initiatives. We talked about the language issues. There are some employers that are offering incentives. You know, Target, for example, is offering two hours off per dose. There are some tax credits that are being offered. There are other incentives. We're looking at 
working with uh, young people, for example, and doing social media campaigns to get the message out there. Just to give you an idea, um, you know, when we look, when we go back to August of last year, we where we had the worst of the pandemic here in Hawaii. We've had a drop off in over 80% in the infection rate of the 65 plus population since August of last year. That is just huge how, how dramatic that decrease is. And it shows how effective the vaccination is. The infection rate in the 65 plus population in Hawaii right now, that's the, they have that, that age group has the lowest infection rate in the state, 65 plus. And it's primarily because the overwhelming majority of those individuals have been vaccinated. This, this pandemic, uh, the COVID-19 is not going away. It's in the community. We need to protect ourselves. We need to protect our families, our coworkers, fellow students, those around us. And it's a, these vaccines are very, very safe. They are effective. And we need as many people as possible to get their shots. I want to follow up on that with you, Hilton, just this approach of sort of the carrot and the stick, right? Incentivizing people with tax credits or time off from individual companies. There could also be a point where, um, you know, just today it was announced the University of California system is mandating vaccinations for all of its uh, employees, along with all returning students. And then there's a number of California universities that are following suit. That'll translate it to a million people in that state uh, having to be vaccinated. Of course, I, I would assume that many of them already want to and perhaps have been vaccinated, but do you foresee that in Hawaii, specifically in the healthcare industry, where a hospital organization, a healthcare organization could mandate that for employees? What kind of conversations are, are happening, happening around vaccine mandates? Well, vaccine mandates, or the vaccine mandate discussion is occurring in a number of different settings. You just mentioned educational institutions and the University of Hawaii is looking at a vaccine mandate for students coming back in the fall. There are two healthcare systems on the mainland that have implemented a vaccine mandate. There are other organizations that are looking, are looking at it. We are looking at it as an association. We are consulting with some lawyers right now, a legal firm to look at what potentially we could do. Now, the challenge is that the COVID vaccines have been issued under emergency use authorization by the FDA. The only other vaccine in US history that has received emergency use authorization is the Ebola vaccine. Now Ebola fortunately never became a worldwide pandemic. So that was never tested in terms of mandates. So we're in very a very unique situation here in terms of having COVID-19, the COVID vaccines under emergency use authorization. Now we anticipate that the vaccine manufacturers will apply for full authorization, potentially even as uh, as early as the end of this year. And once it has full authorization, then employers can have mandates in place. Many employers or healthcare organizations have mandates for flu vaccine, for example, which has full authorization. So the, the challenge right now is this emergency use authorization. We anticipate that that will again translate into full authorization at some point. But the question is, what happens between that now and then? If employers are quite comfortable with a mandate, once these vaccines reach, do get emergency, uh, sorry, do get full authorization. And, and Kelly, we know that uh, early on, one of the concerns was that many of the kupuna didn't have access to technology. So they weren't maybe necessarily able to 
sign up for appointments and it may have been difficult for them to be part of that right. process. What is being done on that end? Because we know that, as you mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, there are still those people out there who this may be a challenge. Is, is there any sort of help that can provide that is being provided to help them with this issue? Oh, absolutely. I think so. First of all, I've, as I've encouraged before is, you know, those of you who have family members in Kupuna who you know uh, don't have the ability to utilize technology, you know, get out there and help your help your Kupuna, um, your auntie, your, your uncles get registered and have them signed up to get vaccinated if they haven't done that already. The other thing is I mentioned 211. Uh, the reason uh, Aloha United Way is partnering with the um, St. Francis uh, health systems is they will, for Kupuna who do not have the ability to go online and register for their own vaccination, they can call 211 and 211 will uh, connect them with St. Francis and St. Francis will actually uh, register the Kupuna for the appointment and provide that information. But additionally, if Kupuna have difficulty um, meaning they don't have, you know, with transportation and don't have a ride to get to the vaccination site. They can also work with St. Francis to coordinate uh, getting a ride to the vaccination location. Uh, the other thing that makes it really important, you know, Hilton and I were talking a little bit earlier about English language issues. The other thing that uh, Aloha United Way does is does have real time uh, interpreters who can get on the line with uh, with the person and talk them through the process uh, so that they understand uh, what they need to do and get them registered for uh, to be vaccinated. So, for uh, Oahu, that's what we what we see available right now. Yeah, and Hilton, following up on that, just the issue of access, um, what is being done when we look beyond Oahu to the neighbor islands? Are there people who are actually driving out to some of the remote communities, setting up mobile clinics? How are we going to reach the folks um, who really, you know, can't necessarily just hop on a bus and head to the Blaisdell? Well, one of the great things about this vaccination campaign is that some of the neighbor islands are actually doing better right now in terms of their vaccination rates in Oahu which is very, very encouraging to see. There was, uh, we've been working very closely with the providers on the islands of Lanai and Molokai, and those two islands are doing very, very well and getting very close to herd immunity. Kauai's also doing well. Maui, the island of Maui's doing well. Um, the Big Island is doing well because of all the work that's going on over there between the hospitals and the Department of Health, the federally qualified health centers and the pharmacies over there as well. So, but in, in regard to getting out into rural communities or homebound individuals, there are a number of initiatives going on. There's a variety of organizations that are working together. The Department of Health is spending a lot of time this. Department of Human Services are working on this. The community health centers are working on this. So there are, and there are a number of initiatives. Queens has some mobile clinics, for example, that, that are working on. So there's a number of initiatives to reach out to hard to reach populations to get some of these homebound individuals. And the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is uh, currently not being used as of right now, but we anticipate that will be um, able to be used again, that will make it easier as well because it's a very safe and effective vaccine. And having a single dose and only going into some of these communities or some of these homes once certainly makes the logistics easier in terms of getting people vaccinated. So we are 
again, working on a number of different initiatives. Another thing that we're working on is some of the larger sites are also planning on having some days when there will no appointments will not be needed. In other words, there will be appointments available on a walk-up basis. So for people, again, who have technology challenges or don't have the broadband access, they would just be able to walk up to one of these sites and, and get a shot. And so we're looking at all possible means to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Uh, I want to, you know, you brought up the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. If we can spend some time, Hilton, talking a little bit more about that. We, we know the headlines that it's made and, and where we're at now. Uh, but if you could update us, you said that that may be something that could come online uh, soon. How, how many doses do does the state maybe have right now on hand because of uh, this hold? And when do you foresee possibly that Johnson & Johnson vaccine becoming uh, available once again as an, and an option for people to use? Well, the European Union just this week uh, started reshipping the Johnson & Johnson vaccine again. And also Ireland, uh, a couple of other countries have done that as well, Iceland and Ireland, in addition to the European Union. We anticipate that the FDA will come out with revised recommendations very soon regarding the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. We have received just under uh, 50,000 doses of that vaccine currently here in Hawaii, not a huge number, and we have used approximately 50% of that. So we have 20-some thousand doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine sitting in safe refrigeration right now. So that will be available to be used if the FDA does issue the new guidance. And we are not sure how much additional Johnson & Johnson vaccine we'll be getting. We don't have any visibility about that, but we do know that more of the vaccine is being manufactured. Johnson & Johnson is required by the European Union to uh, add a warning label to the vaccine, which they are doing, and we anticipate that the FDA will issue such a warning as well. The reality is that in the US, there were approximately 6.7 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine administered, and out of that 6.7 million, there were six documented cases of a very rare blood clot, and unfortunately, that did result in one death. However, that is a one, almost a one in one million uh, side effect. It's a very, very minimal side effect. The side effects from the actually not getting vaccinated and getting all the implications of not getting vaccinated and getting the disease are far worse. We have about 42 patients in our hospitals just today because of COVID. We're still having a number of infections. Uh, today's count is about 100. We're still having a couple of people die a week, unfortunately, from it. So this disease is way deadlier than any of the complications or potential complications from the vaccine. And the Astra, sorry, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines have proven to be incredibly safe and incredibly effective. And we just have this one very rare side effect with uh, affecting about one in one million individuals for Johnson & Johnson. Again, very, very rare instances, and the implications are that um, we, we expect that, that the FDA will reissue uh, issue new guidance about the safety and effectiveness of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. 
You know, Kaylee, kind of building on that, when that news came out, there were people who were sort of on the fence about getting a vaccine and it may have pushed them the other way. What are you hearing from your members about vaccine hesitancy? What are some of the issues that they've presented to your organization and how can the state and organizations like Hilton, uh, you know, help to overcome that? We have found, so most interestingly, Hawaii, uh, through surveys that have been done, uh, Hawaii is actually very interested in being vaccinated. So many of our kupuna uh, were interested in being vaccinated. What we have found isn't there so much a hesitancy. And interestingly enough, when Johnson & Johnson came out, more people wanted to use Johnson & Johnson uh, than we had anticipated. We thought folks would think that there was an issue with that, but a lot of folks like the idea of one and done and being able to do that. So I think once people have a better understanding, so the communications and such that you folks are doing, getting the word out, explanations uh, like that Hilton's doing about really how safe it can be or understanding the warnings. You know, with the Johnson & Johnson issue, it's it was specific to certain, uh, I think they were women within a particular age range. I mean, if we can provide that kind of information so others can make informed decisions. I think that's the most important thing uh, is being able to have the information so they can make an informed decision. I have something to add when you have a moment. I'd like to give uh, Hilton an idea of, of, uh, one of one of the strategies he has in mind. I, I have an idea if he's up for it. Yeah, go ahead. Use this idea. Well, no, I just love that Hilton had uh, indicated that some of those mass vaccination sites would have days where people could just come in. I think what might be a great idea is to work with some of the language, um, uh, different languages out there and say, you know what, Tuesday is going to be our Ilocano and Tagalog, uh, uh, Tagalog day. And people can come by and you have people who are there to help uh, those folks when they come to get vaccinated. You know, another day for Korean, another day for say Vietnamese and Lao or whatever it might be. And uh, that might be another way to do that to, so that folks feel like they can come to the sites and um, you know, no commitment, you know, I, I know Hilton, well, it's no commitment, but it's just an idea, something to think about uh, as it relates to the language issues. Yeah, brainstorming here uh, on the conversation. We love it. Uh, Hilton, I wanna ask you just about just the overall uh, hospital, uh, you know, just where we're at with a hospital's care. And, and you, you know, you mentioned earlier that there were about 40 some cases here now, but we know that that was an issue, obviously, when there was surges here in Hawaii and the hospitals becoming overwhelmed. What sort of adjustments and what have uh, the associations and hospitals learned through this process to better prepare for, uh, you know, any potential surge in the future or anything else that comes this way? Well, while we, um... You know, we, we've had gone through different, this pandemic has had ebbs and flows. We got up to about 300 patients in our hospitals, COVID patients in our hospitals at the peak in August and September of last year. Right now, we're back down to 40, which is good. We would like the number to be even lower. We have learned a lot of things during the pandemic. It has taught us a lot about PPE, the need to have a sufficient PPE on, on uh, available and accessible. Um, and we've also learned a lot about staffing. One of the challenges we have here in Hawaii is sufficient workforce. We entered the pandemic with a shortage of healthcare workers in certain areas, and that was exacerbated during the pandemic. Now, we have approximately 3,000 acute care beds in the state of Hawaii. 
And on any, any given day, we use about 2,000 of those. So even at the peak of the pandemic, we had plenty of hospital capacity. The challenge was not having enough staff, and we had to bring in some staff from the mainland for a while. We're very fortunate to, that we got access to some uh, federal funding through the state to be able to bring in staff to, to both our hospitals and our acute care facilities. It has been an incredible learning experience. Our hospitals have done incredibly well. Our other institutions have done incredibly well in terms of how they have dealt with the pandemic. And this has put us in very, very good stead. Now, we are hoping that we never have to face another pandemic. But if we do, there are a lot of lessons learned and lessons that we're putting into effect to better prepare for the future. You know, we're almost out of time, so I want to give each of you an opportunity to share a final message with our viewers this morning. Kaylee, we'll start with you. Well, I think the most important thing is if you haven't got, gotten vaccinated and you're interested in getting vaccinated, get an appointment as soon as you can. Um, it's important that everyone understand that getting vaccinated is a way that you help those around you. It's not just about yourself, but it's your family, the people you come in contact with. Uh, there's no need and uh, no need to wait till later. Stop wait, you know, stop procrastinating, get out there and get vaccinated. All right, and Hilton, any final words and thoughts that you may have this morning? Yeah, thank you. The, um, the US State Department made a statement earlier this week that 80% of the countries in the world are on their do not travel advisory. 80% of the countries in the world, the US government is recommending that people not travel to. That is staggering. It's because of COVID. It's because of this pandemic. We have done incredibly well here in the state, but we have more to do and we can be a beacon of light to the rest of the country and the world in terms of how well we, we can get our population vaccinated. We have the lowest infection rate in the nation back to March 7 of last year for the duration of the pandemic. We have the lowest death rate in the country. We have, we have so many things to be proud of, but we're not done yet. So if you've not had your vaccine, if you've not had your shot, they are safe, they are effective, go and get it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hilton Rathel of Healthcare Association of Hawaii and Kaylee Lopez from AARP. We really appreciate your time this morning. Thank Mahalo. You. Thank you. Ryan, very interesting to hear from both of them. Um, I was particularly struck by the idea of the vaccine mandates and where that could go, because that, of course, is the next step. Right now, we're kind of in this period of people who really wanted to get it. They probably have it already or at least have an appointment. Then we become the vaccine apathetic. And then we get to the vaccine hesitant, kind of three, three sets of people in our community. Yeah, but it sounds like they are making every effort to reach all those different types of populations and providing a variety of options, including, uh, as Hilton mentioned, a possible time where uh, there won't be an appointment needed and you can sort of walk up uh, just to these appointment, uh, just to these vaccination centers and get uh, a vaccine upon uh, just walking in into an area. So uh, we hope that this is a way where people will be able to have more access because I think that's the broader uh, issue is just access and availability of this vaccine. And as we kind of move on through this process, uh, that will become more available to people throughout the state. Yeah, and I, I loved her idea about having interpreters on hand or perhaps having a, d a designated day where there would be multiple interpreters of different, you know, different languages. That seems like a wonderful idea. Uh, we will present that idea and ask Lieutenant Governor Josh Green about that on Monday. He'll be joining us. And he, of course, is heading up 
the uh, vaccine rollout. And, you know, if you watch his Instagram, you can see that he was out there on the Nehrans. I believe he was on Maui yesterday, actually administering vaccine himself. So we'll ask him about that. He's also, of course, spearheading the safe travels uh, program. And we have now vaccine verification that is go that will let you bypass safe travels uh, requirements that goes into effect uh, mid-May. So we'll be asking him all about that as well. Yeah, we know that there's a lot of questions about that policy. Uh, it since the state and the governor made that announcement uh, a few days ago. Uh, there has been a lot of specific questions, and so we encourage you to tune in then uh, and ask your questions. We'll try to get to as many as possible. Uh, we also have, coming up next week, we'll, we'll be speaking with Mayor Rick Blangiardi, who will be joining the conversation as well to talk to him about any changes that may be happening with the tier system uh, and, and making Oahu more open to some of those that are currently still under some sort of restrictions due to this tier system. Yeah, so lots to talk about. Have a safe weekend. As they mentioned, the vaccine is available now to anyone above the age of 16. So go ahead and book a shot. Uh, wear your mask, socially distance, do all the things that you've been doing to keep Hawaii safe. And we'll see you right back here Monday at 1030. Have a great weekend.